Hi, I'm Alex Bellinger, and this is Small Biz Pod on Friday, the 2nd of February. Well, it's another busy, jam-packed show. Lots of feedback from listeners um, and some great interviews for you again today. Um, the interview, in t- main interview in today's show is with Marcus Stuttard, who is Deputy Head of the AIM market at the London Stock Exchange. That's the market for um, smaller and growing businesses. And uh, very much uh, feedback from a comment that Paul Cheetle made on an episode of Small Biz Pod where I interviewed Andy Egan, who launched his company on AIM. And, and Paul said, well, would it be possible to have uh, have someone come on and just talk about you know, how you go about getting listed on AIM and some practical steps? And uh, certainly uh, Marcus covers a, a fair amount of that, and I hope it's useful. So, um, Paul, uh, don't let it ever be said that we uh, at Small Biz Pod do nothing for you. It's a, listeners are absolutely vital to this show, and your input and your ideas for future content really do matter. Um, so, uh, Marcus Stuttard coming up. I've also got a new segment on the show, which is the uh, Wantrepreneurs, Diary of a Wantrepreneurs segment. Uh, Kelvin Jones will be... Uh, giving his first diary entry. Uh, it's a good, interesting section. Um, look forward to that later. There's also a lot of comments to get through from listeners. And, uh, of course, uh, a big thank you to all the new listeners who have dropped by since Small Biz Pod hit the number three spot in iTunes uh, directories list of top UK business podcasts. I'm, I'm really gobsmacked that uh, Small Biz Pod should have got to that point. It's been partly due to the fact that uh, iTunes very kindly promoted Small Biz Pod on the on the front page of their of iTunes, which has been phenomenal. Um, so, if you're a new listener, welcome to Small Biz Pod. Um, as you'll discover if you've managed to get through some of the back issues, as it were, uh, the listener feedback is really really important to me at small biz pod um if you want to send feedback either you can leave comments on the show notes on the small biz pod blog at www.smallbizpod.co.uk or you can um, send me an email address uh, an email rather direct to my email address at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk uh, or if you are feeling really brave and i do like the occasional uh, foolhardy brave people not foolhardy just just brave people who can commit their thoughts to audio you can quite simply uh, either record a piece of mp3 and send it through to me uh, on email as long as it's sort of up to five megabytes or you can um, phone me up on skype alex hyphen small biz pod uh, leave a message on the answer machine there and i can play your audio comment in the next show Equally, if you dial um, in the UK, 020-8133-1656 and leave an audio message, I, your thoughts on the show, uh, anything you would like to contradict, uh, anything you would like to add to, any thoughts and inspiration you could contribute uh, to help others listen to the show, that would be great. Okay, so that's all for now. I will come on to comments later and, of course, the Diary of a Entrepreneur section. But let's first go straight to my interview with uh, Marcus Stuttard at AIM. Okay, so um, today on Small Biz Pod, I'm very much uh, responding to, to, to listener feedback. We had an interesting interview with um, Andy Egan of the Felix Group, who um, uh, listed 
on AIM uh, a few years back. And many listeners were interested in, in, in some practical advice on how businesses should, should go about aiming at AIM. Um, so I'm here today in, uh, in the London Stock Exchange. I'm with uh, Marcus Stuttart, who is the uh, deputy head of AIM, which is the uh, alternative investment market. First off, um, perhaps you could just give us a little bit of history about where AIM came from. There was a, there was a th- sort of a, what was known as a third market, wasn't there, for the London Stock Exchange at one point. Is that what AIM became, or is AIM something relatively new? Well, AIM's been in existence now for over 11 years, and, and interesting that you introduced it as the alternative investment market. We, we now principally just re- refer to it as AIM, um, and it is our, our growth market for essentially smaller companies. And um, uh, clearly it's for, it, is, it is for smaller businesses, but when does a business become big enough to consider launching or consider an IPO on AIM? What, what are the, some of the criteria that, that you know, begins to make you think, actually, this is a, a decent way for us to raise capital? I think it's worth just um, going back to some basic principles about AIM and how AIM works. And one of the core principles behind AIM is um, what we call the nomad, the nominated advisor role. And the nominated advisor is there to really work with um, companies and to help them. And the nomad, um, in conjunction with a broker, will be the, the those two will be the people who will advise companies on really whether it's right for that company to come to the market. So a lot of that will depend on the sector the company's in, how experienced its management team is, whether the management team, for example, has been on a public market before, um, and also you know, factors like um, current market conditions. So it's very hard to give a specific answer. Mm. Um, we've got a very wide range of companies on AIM, um, from you know, very tiny companies with a market capitalization of a, of a couple of million pounds, you know, right up to much larger companies at the top end of the scale. Okay. Um, now, the nomads have attracted a, a little bit of a, well, you, I don't know exactly criticism, but I know that you, uh, you looked into your, some of your nomads, as it were, to, uh, make sure that they were, they were proposing businesses that were, that were gonna have a, have a long life, a long and successful and happy life on AIM and for, and for their investors. What, what, what was that, uh, what, what did you do there? As I say, the, the nomad role is, is very central to, to AIM to the extent that um, a company, when it comes to the market, has to have a, a nominated advisor and also maintain its relationship with that nomad at all times that it's, it's on the market. If it doesn't, we'll suspend it. It's, it's that central. So the, the nomads are really you know, our, our eyes and ears, and, it, and in effect, we delegate um, a certain amount of regulatory responsibility to the nominated advisors. So unlike a lot of markets, the exchange itself doesn't actually vet documents for companies when they're coming to market. It's purely within the remit of the nominated advisor to make sure that a company is suitable for the market, to make sure they've done all the sufficient due diligence and all the checks to make sure that the company is suitable. Um, And then they give a statement to us at the exchange that the company is appropriate for AIM. So given the the nominated advisor's very central role um, and the increasing number of companies, and particularly international companies on the market, we've just done a essentially good housekeeping check on the way that the the market was working and the rules and regulations. Um, And we're in the middle, or I've just finished a consultation process, but in the middle of 
um, computing those responses to the consultation. And what we're proposing, essentially, is a new set of rules for nominated advisors. Now, although I say it's a new set of rules, it's really designed to embody what we believe is current market best practice. And the, the rule book will essentially just set out for nomads exactly what the exchange's expectations are, both when they bring companies to market and also in relation to their ongoing role. And because clearly it's important both for AIM and for the, for the businesses and in themselves and indeed the investors that, 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 that companies, you know, all things being equal, stand a reasonable, reasonable chance of uh, success and, 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 and prospering for, for investors and, and themselves. Um, there have been, I know, drawing a veil over, over some, some stories from 2006 where there were some, some, um, some companies that didn't, didn't perform particularly well. There's been some speculation about how, uh, AIM is going to, to, to develop this year and, and going forward in terms of the number of IPOs. What's your feeling about, um, you know, AIM's grown very rapidly uh, and, and clearly the, the, the exchange has done a fantastic job in, in developing it and involving it. Um, is, is there a, a slowdown this year? Is that natural? Is it a cycle? Or do you not see a slowdown in prospect? First of all, you mentioned how important it is for companies and investors um, that, that companies perform well, obviously. It's also, of course, absolutely essential for the nominated advisors themselves because you know, their reputation is absolutely central to, um, to, to their future success as well. So, and that's one of the reasons that the AIM model has worked very well because there is that self-policing mechanism. In terms of predictions for the future, um, you know, we've had uh, a, a massive, you know, very successful growth, as, as, you've, as you've mentioned, and we are expecting to, to continue to see that sort of growth. Um, I think what we have started to see is that the size of some deals has started to nudge up, and, and maybe there are a, a slightly fewer companies, but they tend tend to be a bit larger and, and higher quality. So you know there is plenty of business out there, and I think the nomads, um, particularly in, in conjunction with feedback from the investors, are really focusing on some of those larger, high quality um, deals. Okay, so I'm um, just going back now to, to to some of the practicalities. Obviously, when you're a, when you're a, a growing business, you do have a number of um, potential options in terms of how you want to finance that growth, um, whether it is you know business angels or venture capital or or, or a listing or, or just borrowing of some kind. Why? What is it about aim that should be appealing to a growing business? Well, for a lot of companies, that the um the question will be whether they want to look for public or private equity or some kind of, of equity that's not in a public form. Um, what we would say about AIM is that you get all the advantages of public equity, so you get a wide shareholder base, you get all the spin-off benefits about um, raising your profile and visibility, not just with investors but with potential shareholders or even customers and suppliers, and having that whole range of incentives um, for employees, you know, mm. share options, mm. etc. So that's you know, a very clear benefit of public equity. In addition to that, um, we would say in relation to AIM that um, you know, there is that nomad community and all of the other advisors that have built up around AIM that are really genuinely there to support smaller growing companies and that really understand um, growing companies in a way that you, you don't have that sort of support mechanism community um, in other markets. Um, but also, you know, whilst a lot of the media will focus on IPO numbers, Let's not forget that one of the key benefits of AIM is the very deep pool of institutional capital that supports companies and the fact that 
over the years, approximately 30% of all the money that's ever been raised by um, companies on AIM has been through further issues. So companies don't just come to the market and raise capital at the time of admission. Mm. They've also got that ongoing access to further capital as they want to continue to expand their businesses, which I think is so important. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good good point to remember. You develop, you, you, you get a relationship with a, with, a, with a nomad. Presumably, they are they're sort of countrywide, are they? I mean, or are they or are they centralised? These nomads somewhere. One would anticipate just their very their very um their very their very pseudonym, as it were. Their very name would suggest they're everywhere. But uh, where, where would you find a nomad? Well, we we, yeah, <laughs> we, we, we first of all we, we'd recommend that companies go and have a look on our website where all the nomad details are, are there. Yeah, there. certainly there are nomads you know across the country, and we've got a, yeah, a relatively small number but a growing number of international nomads as well Um, and you find that some nomads might have have a base in London but regional offices to really support their their local clients and um, and and practically um, in terms of the is is it administratively is it is it an administrative headache is it something that you've really got to I mean like a like a full scale I mean I know in terms of full scale listings it really is you know gird your loins and um, build up a sort of huge pile of cash in order to uh, prepare yourself for this uh, this sort of rigorous process and, and rigorous it it ought to be um, how. Uh, how tricky is it to, uh, to just to just to go through the practicalities to get listed? An IPO is always going to be um, a challenge, um, and I think companies need to go into the process with their eyes open. Um, now, the way that the the AIM system operates is the rules are written in plain English, and they're not. Um, very prescriptive. So there aren't chapters and chapters of different rules. There are 45 um, core rules that are written in plain English. So companies can understand what kind of regulatory system they're entering you know, right from the outset. And they very critically have got the nominated advisor there to help them through the process. But um, you know, we would always um, be very practical when we're talking to companies and say, you know, Make sure that you've got a team that is dedicated to the process and don't try and rush it because it is a burdensome process and you, you also need to be able to dedicate time to mm. running the business at the same time. Mm. But also, I think critically, uh, we would always say don't look at an IPO as an end in itself. That's really the start of the process and you, know, you really need to start thinking about the practicalities of being on a public market and being open to public scrutiny right from the outset so that from day one of trading you've got all of those processes in place and you know which members of the management team are going to be responsible for the ongoing communication with investors yeah i mean and that very nicely brings me on to my near final question which is which is about you know once you are there once you are listed what are the things that you need to be aware of and clearly um there is that, that communication in some ways i would imagine becomes um extremely important uh, you know a lot more important potentially than it than it than it is for a growing company that that isn't listed or that is is privately funded in some way you 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 definitely need to be out there um talking your talking your business up is probably not quite the right way to describe it but putting put keeping people informed so that the market can respond positively and or negatively depending on how how the business is going one of the you know the key factors to aim is it's a very much a, a disclosure based market um, and I think one of the things that some companies when they come to the market um, inevitably do is if they've got some bad news they 
maybe think, oh, we'll, we'll just wait um, before we tell investors. Now, time and time again, we just get the feedback from all investors. Actually, what they want is timely disclosure. So even if a company does have some bad news in the short term, they would mu investors would much rather hear about it from an early stage and know that they can build up a relationship of trust with the management team of that company. And what investors hate is surprises, whether that's good news or bad news. Mm. So communication is absolutely key. Mm. And um, finally, who who invests? I mean, there are there are you know there are some business opportunities, of course, in terms of investing on on, on AIM, uh, investing in growing companies. Who are who are the investors? Is it as, as broad range as you know institutional and and individual as as, the, as other markets? Well, this is one of the keys to, to AIM's success. And, you know, we've had um, over 11 years to, to build up the critical mass on AIM. But um, there really is a very strong in investor base of institutional investors. So um, by latest calculations, about 60% of all of the, sh the AIM shares um, are owned by you know, big institutional investors. So you know, they're the pension funds that you'd expect to be investing in the FTSE as well yeah. as smaller companies. Yeah. Um, so there's a very wide, broad range of investors, as well as you know, a, a very active section of um, retail and high net worth individuals um, who are very much invested in smaller companies. But I think one, one of the things that is possibly quite unique and unusual about the London market is there really is that community of investors and advisors that really understand small caps. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's quite an interesting point because there are... There are, are there similar markets, other markets? There are other growth markets around the world, but what we tend to find is that those markets uh, are dominated by you know, purely small domestic companies that are invested typically in by local domestic retail investors so that there isn't the same depth of liquidity mm -hmm. and investment and the same long-term view of investing. Okay. Um, and finally, the LSEs has been sort of under a, under speculation of a takeover for, for, I don't know, for forever, it seems. <laughs> Not quite forever, but a lot over the last few years. Um, how do you see, see, um, AIM's future? Well, you know, AIM is, has got a very strong critical mass and is, and is here to stay. Okay. Marcus Stathard, thanks very much for joining me today. Thank you. I hope that's proved useful um, for uh, listeners who wanted a little bit more detail on AIM. I think an interesting interview whether you're planning on listing on a stock exchange or not um, and some insight there into how uh, the, the growth market at the LSE works. So let's just move on now to some comments. I had another comment emailed in from Daily Irvin who you'll remember commented on the last show and is a student um, in the US. He writes, uh, great work on the newest podcast. I was very excited about being part of it. My friends actually heard it before I did and called me to tell me that I was in the show. Um, Bill and Polly, although long-winded, were fantastic. The idea that struck me was Polly's quote. Best ideas from the m most people and nobody is as smart as everybody. Uh, they also hit, really hit the nail on the head in the last eight minutes of the interview when they talked about hiring the right people and facilitating, facilitating culture. Bill said it best, brand is culture and culture is brand. Um, I think you've, you've, you daily have hit the nail on the head too and you go on to talk about um, seeking some advice um, for your own uh, business reading and uh, business uh, ideas for running a business. So uh, any listeners out there who have... Uh, 
uh, books that they particularly have enjoyed and found useful, um, do let me know and we can pass the, that advice on to uh, Daily. Um, also had um, a short comment from... Oh, uh, I can't remember who it's from now. Let's have a look. Oh, it's from Nick Jones. Short comment from Nick Jones who says, Just found and listened to my first Small Biz podcast. Good stuff. Uh, you say, um, far too often. Stop it. Well, I've made a really big effort, Nick, in this podcast not to um and uh so much. I haven't actually edited them out post-production. I have been consciously making a decision to edit them out of my mind and my mouth as we go along. So uh, give me some feedback. Let me know how I'm doing. Sometimes if I do one of these podcasts when it's a little too late at night, I um, start um, uh, wondering, um, you know how it is. You know, you get tired. Uh, but it is, you have to be very, you have to sometimes get into bad habits, sometimes lose the point. So uh, really good, Nick, to have that reminder about the ums and ers. And I hope you all appreciate my efforts in this show. Uh, then I had uh, a message from uh, Nuno Pereira, who says, as a regular listener of your podcast, I was thinking, wouldn't it be a good idea maybe to create a discussion forum so listeners could chat about entrepreneurialism, e-business and all things related to that? Now, I, um, I, I'm not sure. Would it be a good idea? You tell me uh, if there are listeners out there who would like the opportunity to have a forum, a small biz pod forum, and think they would use it and value it, then I will certainly set it up. It won't take me long to do it. It's something I've been thinking about. There are an awful lot of small business and entrepreneur enterprise-related, entrepreneurial-related forums out there. So maybe you know people prefer those. But if there are enough listeners who would like to use a forum uh, specifically linked to topics around um, that were discussed at Small Biz Pod and as a sort of to, to build on the community, uh, then let me know. Drop me an email, alex at smallbizpod.co.uk, and I will uh, set something up. Uh, then I had a another email from Lucy, uh, who says, just listen to your latest podcast, very, very interesting. I was wondering, though, whether it was Commerce Bank they were talking about, or Commerce Bank. In, in fact, Lucy, it's Commerce Bank. Um, she says if it was the former, I'd be very surprised to hear that they were innovative in, in they weren't innovative in any sense when I worked there for a couple of years back in the late 90s and was only too happy to leave. Yeah, I've worked in the banking sector, as most of you know, and uh, not always the most innovative sector. But that was Commerce Bank in the US that Bill Taylor and Polly Labar were talking about. Uh, and then uh, a comment from uh, Laura Hammond, who says, just found your podcast whilst doing some revision for my final year entrepreneurship model module. Excellent. Really interesting. So pl pleased I found such a gem. Uh, Laura, thanks very much. Uh, if every student listens to Small Biz Pod, I will be, a, or every student studying entrepreneurship listens to the show, I will be a very, very happy man. So thanks for that, Laura, and please do spread the word. And then, finally, in terms of email comments, I had one from uh, Russell, Russell Barton, who's a photographer, who says, have just subscribed, and he's also um, put his uh, name and photo on the Small Biz Pod Frapper map. Uh, if you go to the main uh, Small Biz Pod website and look at the little Frapper Map icon under subscribe, you can see pictures of a whole range of listeners who've uh, put their pictures up on locations as well, so that you can see where Small Biz Pod listeners are listening from. 
Any case, uh, Russell, he is actually from North Perth, Perth in Western Australia, and he says, uh, have just subscribed, enjoying listening to a back catalogue, riding down for a surf on the weekend, went through edition 38 and 37. That's nice, isn't it? Riding down for a surf, and we're struggling here in the UK in the miserable wet and rain and cold, but I am not at all jealous. He says, won't bore you with my life story, but in short, I'm 39, successful photographer in Perth, Western Australia. Started blogging recently to brides on my website, getting lots of traffic and good feedback. Um, have started an offshoot business still in photography, looking at the convention and conference photography market in Australia and Asia. Literally started it two to three months ago, so we'll give you updates when once when when something happens. Uh, we'll put put a pin on the map as soon as I get a photo of myself, which he has done on the Frapper map, and I'd encourage you all to do so too. It's all a bit of fun. Uh, nice to see people's faces and make connections. Also, check out myblogblog.com. Uh, it's interesting uh, and, again, useful, interesting to see people's faces and locations and interests. So, Russell, very many thanks for that. And you have a really, really excellent blog. I'm going to be blogging about that uh, blog on the Small Biz Pod blog, which if you click on the blog button at the top on the menu structure at the top of Small Biz Pod, will take you to a relatively new blog that I'm doing on um, uh, all things to do with the issues relating to small business news, news issues, and um, some highlights of uh, small business bloggers who I think are doing a great job. And Russell, your uh, wedding photography site blog is superb, in my opinion, and well worth checking out. I'll put a link to the show notes uh, for others who are looking to uh, start blogging, possibly. Uh, Other than that, I also have uh, one other person signed up to the Frapper map, Um, And that was uh, Nuno Pereira, who I've already mentioned, and he's based in Portugal. So thanks very much, uh, Nuno, for that. And uh, I can see you have what looks like iPods in your ears. So undoubtedly listening to Small Biz Pod or some really uh, classy electronica, I would imagine. And then uh, a comment from... um, Oh, now look, I've, uh, it's when I'm looking for comments that I start umming and erring, isn't it? So I'll, be, I'll have a slap on the wrist for that one. Final, final word from Rob Smorfit, who commented on the recent episode, and he says, I'm a firm believer in innovation driving successful companies. I uh, recently embroiled in a debate while writing a book on entrepreneurship as to whether the innovative idea arises on its own or in response to a specific need. Uh, The team was split between those who believed innovation was driven by ideas people and myself and some who felt that the need generated the innovation thought process which actively sought to solve the problem. Comments. And if you want to see what my comments are, you go to the smallbizpod.co.uk blog, check out the interview with um, Polly Labar and uh, Bill Taylor uh, and the comments underneath and you'll see how I respond. In essence, I think... um, (coughs) Excuse me, necessity is very often the mother of invention, which is uh, Rob's point. So now on to the Diary of a Wantrepreneur. Hi, I'm Kelvin Jones and this is the Diary of a Wantrepreneur. Now, uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, over the Christmas and New Year period, I decided that I wanted to start a business. And this is what I wanted to do in 2007. Um, It's something which I pondered for the last couple of years, really, um, but not with any uh, great um, degree of seriousness. And 
in in finally deciding that I wanted to start a business, I um, wanted to make sure I got off on the right foot. So um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go f- kind of full guns blazing into you know developing my idea, writing down a business plan, and and you know considering a company structure and all these kind of things. Um, the first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to get um, a little bit of perspective. So I I wanted to look at why in the past I hadn't started a business, and also look at now I do want to start a business. Where do I want it to go? What What's the end game for me? What's, you know, how am I going to define a success? What am I striving for? So in looking at why I hadn't started up until this point, um, I basically came up with three reasons. Um, firstly, I was worried about paying the bills and paying the mortgage. Secondly, I was worried about having the time to start and run a business um, without neglecting it. um, And and the third thing was just a general worry about failing, about failing the business. Um, And that's that's it, really. Um, So what kind of changed recently for me to get over those those fears? Um, It was very, very surprising for me. And that change was my son i have a five-year-old son and that change was him starting primary school in september of last year now in october last year i changed from a full-time salaried employment to part-time employment um to enable me to pick my son up from school and and that really that that move freed up my time and i started considering business again but this time more seriously than I had done before. Um, and also another, the other side effect to me going part-time was that I still had a salary, so I still work 27 hours a week. So I still have a decent salary and I can still pay the bills and I can still pay the mortgage. So that was another fear gone. And over the the Christmas period, I took a couple of weeks off and, you know, I, I reflected upon what I wanted to do and what I wanted to get out of life and and things like this. And over the new year, I, you know, like a a switch went off in my head and it just changed from being something I, you know, was considering doing, you know, should I do this to actually, this is something which I'm going to do. I, I, I spoke it through with my um, fiance and we discussed how it might be and things. And, and she realised that this is something that I really wanted to do, and she was very supportive. And and there we go. And and basically, this kind of change in mindset really eliminated the third fear I had about failing. It became more of a, you know, well, if I do fail, I'll I'll try again. This is something that I really really want now, uh, and this is something which I will achieve. So that's that. That kind of covers why I haven't started up till now. And then I wanted to look at, you know, what I want to achieve by starting a business. And I sat down and thought about it, and I came up with three points. The first was that I want to run an innovative company that will actually make a difference to people's lives. That's very important to me. The second one is I want to become wealthy. I actually, I want to have a very, very comfortable lifestyle. 
And the third point was that I want my my working life and my home life to kind of just not be in a constant struggle against each other. I wanted to influence my work life more with, you know, what I believe in than, you know, than it is currently where I, I'm working by what others believe in. Um, so, so, so that's, that's it really. Um, just to finish up uh, this diary entry, I just want to point you to um, one website which I found um, quite useful so far and quite helpful. I've had a couple of phone calls from these people and that's Business Link London. Uh, I'm based in London, so but Business Link have uh, branches all over. Um, they have a lot of information there which I found very helpful. Um, and then the very final thing on this diary entry is my question. And the question I have for the listener, and I'd love you to send in some feedback, um, some advice or suggestions, is this. I don't have any business experience right now, and I recognise that this is an area that I need to improve. So how should I go about that? I'm thinking about taking a course in entrepreneurship. So, so should I take a course in entrepreneurship? Um, and if so, you know, where do I start looking? And if not, what else should I be considering? Uh, so, so that's it, basically. Um, please join me for my next diary entry, and I'll be talking about what I get up to uh, in the next few weeks. So thanks a lot, and back to you, Alex. Bye-bye. Well, um, I'm really pleased to have uh, on the line Kelvin, the entrepreneur. I don't know whether, Kelvin, you invented the term entrepreneur, but it's a great term. I really, really like it. And I, I have to say, <laughs> when you came up with the idea for your, for your little diary, I thought that is, that's a really, really nice little segment for Small Biz Pod. So, so thanks very much for, for thinking of it. And uh, is entrepreneur unique? Did you invent it? Well, I um, I kind of thought of the word, cause yeah. I, and it was the way that I kind of described myself. Yeah. Um, but I did do a little Google, and someone had used it before, ah, so I well, can't I can't claim that I invented it. So, it, but it wasn't a, it was your original thought, even if it's it, not an it original was. word. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Excellent. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a. I mean, I'm I'm actually really looking forward to, to to sort of hearing over the months how how you progress. I think it's a, I think it's a great idea because all of us. Uh, sort of have been there and are still there really i mean i think i think there are probably an awful lot of listeners of small biz pod and indeed mm-hmm. uh, producers of small biz pods who are still in some <laughs> way or another entrepreneurs um uh, i think i think you're always learning and you're always you, you know you're always sort of moving on to the the next stage and and level and so on and so forth so um how yeah. i mean i think your diary is sort of self-explanatory but um yeah uh how do you how how have you how you you know how how are you finding it? I mean, because you're, obviously you're a, you're you're how many weeks in now are you? Um, I'm well, three weeks in really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it really is just the the early stages. Um, so obviously I'm I'm still in kind of part time employment at the moment, um, and I envisage that that'll be the case for um, for quite a few months. You know. Um, we'll have to see how it goes, really. Yeah. But um, yeah. no, it's really exciting, and I think I've I've kind of got a spring in my step when I walk now. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's a real. Really- I mean, it's. A, I think it's a real buzz. Uh, it's a real buzz early on, and it's a real buzz later too. It just uh, the buzz. You sort of oscillate between buzz and um, oh my god, what have I done? I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's shock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So, um, ha- oh, and we haven't discovered yet, and I, I don't want you to give away the the secret yet, because I th- I like the idea of maintaining a certain element of suspense of what it is you're actually going to do. Have we? No, we haven't. And um, 
you know, I have probably about 95% of the idea that I'm going to do, I have um, pretty much in my mind nailed down. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I suppose we'll uncover that uh, in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And so um, when, do you reckon, when do you reckon you're going to be kind of getting out there and, and starting to, to do what it is you've decided to do? Um, my, my thoughts are I'd really like, I'd, I don't want to take it, I, I don't want to hurry um, yeah. what, what I'm doing. So I, I want to be, you know, fairly um, careful that I'm kind of covering all the bases, yeah. you know, um, but I, I don't want it to kind of grind to a halt. So I'm hoping that I'll have um, whatever it is I'm going to have um, kind of by the end of June, July, moving into summer, kind of okay. that. that yeah, that's yeah. my kind of time frame. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. And um, what can we expect as your, your insight uh, for, for, for next month or, are you, uh, or have you not kind of uh, quite got there yet? Um, well, for next month, um, we're, we're, I think I'm pretty much going to be looking at um, market research. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. So, so that's where I've been, um, you, you know, that's what I've started to get into now. So that, that'll be what I'm well, that's good... uh, looking back on, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, that'll be good because um, maybe, maybe we can even uh, tie that in with something on market research. I've had quite a few people ask, well, uh, have you done a show on, on, on the issue of market research? So, okay. So uh, maybe we could tie that in with, with, with an episode. Yeah, uh, That'd be good. Now, uh, we mustn't forget one thing, which was your, was your, your, que- your, your, your entrepreneur's question of the month, which was, should uh, and this is to to all small biz pod listeners out there, which was to everyone to everyone or anyone yeah. you know anyone who listens or anyone. not you know, anyone <laughs> you know I'll I'll make it clear on the on the sort of uh, show notes as well so people won't actually even have to listen to the podcast to find out what your question is excellent um, and which was simply um, should you go to some kind of uh, on some kind of entrepreneurial course or. Um, yeah, should you go on? Yeah, or not? Or, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if not, what you know? Um, any suggestions of uh, alternatives or yeah. anything like that? Well, yeah. I, I have my own uh, particular definitive views on that, but I'm not going to sway listeners by letting uh, letting you or they know what are, what my views are about right, that. We'll, fi- we'll find out next time. I Indeed, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so. Um, I think we kind of agreed that you know if you've got an answer to uh, to Kelvin's question, i.e., um, should Kelvin go on a, uh, a a course for entrepreneurs, a business course, an entrepreneurship course? Um, if you could just drop your opinions to uh, Alex at smallbizpod.co.uk, uh, then we can cover them off uh, when we speak to, to to Kelvin next month. Or uh, just uh, add them to uh, the comment section on the Small Biz Pod blog under uh, under the, the the show notes for this episode, uh, and that would be great. So, uh, Kelvin, thanks ever so much for coming up with this idea. I think it's a really inspired one. I think I'm going to really enjoy hearing your your progress um, through My the tears. Uh, and your tears and your. Uh, <laughs> Your suicidal thoughts and your well, hopefully no, hopefully it's not that bad, but um, your joy and your joy and your tears and uh, your sweat and your blood and all of that stuff. Um, uh, It's good. It's a good idea. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for um, for having it on the podcast, and um, I love the podcast. And um, yeah, we'll see how how things turn out. Absolutely. Okay. Great. Thanks for your time, Kelvin. Thanks a lot, Alex. Bye. 
Now, I think that's going to turn into a really quite nice little segment, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy it uh, in the future. Kelvin's going to do one of those about once a month, uh, and I will um, quiz him on various bits and pieces as we go along. Now, uh, thank you all, all those new listeners, for subscribing, either through iTunes or, or, or other places. Um, do drop me a line. Do let me know your comments. We've had a lot of comments this week, and I really enjoy receiving them. And do read out and or respond to all of them on the show. Uh, at So just drop me an email at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk, or you can comment on the Small Biz Pod blog. Don't be afraid to pick up a microphone or telephone me and leave a, a voicemail message. And you too could hear your voice on this show. Right. Now, it's been a tradition in Small Biz Pod ever since it started that I play some, uh, basically some house or techno music and all the various electronical uh, variations and derivations thereof. It's been some while since I've played some really heavy, scary techno music, and I'm going to rectify that today with a track from the net label Rest. Thank you very much, Rest, for allowing me to play um, your uh, your artist's material. Um, and this is by Nick Zero, and the track's called Two Steps Back. <laughs> <laughs> 